Welcome, good morning. Let's stand and worship God together. Who breaks the power? Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much stronger? The King of glory, the King above all kings. Who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder and leaves us breathless? Of all kings, this is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place, that you would bear my cross. You let down your life, that I would be set free. for me who brings our chaos back into order who makes the orphan the son and daughter the king of glory the king of glory who rules the nations with truth and justice Shines like the sun in all of its brilliance. The King of glory, the King above all kings. Yeah, this is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. May you would take my place. May you would bear my cross. you've done for me. 
Father, we thank you this morning. We gather in worship, and for us, we worship a holy and righteous God. We cease our activities, we focus our thoughts upon you, Father. We thank you for your graciousness, your generosity towards us, the life of faith we have in Jesus. Father, we thank you for these things. Be with us now. Hear our words of praise, our supplications. Move in our lives as only you can. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And a good morning from Kid Street as well. Any more children in the congregation? Come on down. It's good to have you here this morning. You know, I kind of remember a little bit of when I was your age. It was a long time ago, like when the dinosaurs were walking around. And I remember thinking there were some things that I saw older people doing, and I would just, I'll never, I'll never figure out how to do that. Um, like riding a bike. You guys ever learn how to ride your bike without your training wheels? Did you start with training wheels, or did you just go straight to the bike? I have one that I didn't, that I do not have training wheels. You didn't have training wheels. I stayed on my bike with training wheels for a while. I was scared every time it's tipped. I was afraid I was going to fall. I just didn't think I could do it. Anybody else 
learn how with training wheels or without training wheels? Did you use training wheels? Yeah. Yeah. Did someone have to take them off and just make you do it on two wheels eventually? Buy you a bigger bike? Yeah. Eventually, I just had to say, you know what? My dad's going to run behind me and he's going to hold the bike right and then he's just going to let go and I'm just going to have to figure this thing out. I had to have faith, right? Maybe he'd catch me if I started to fall. Or maybe I'd learn how to keep my balance, right? I might even fall down a couple times, right? Anybody fall down on their bike when they were learning? Yeah. Yeah, well, we had a similar story to that in Numbers 13 and 14 today. Moses sent 12 spies to check out the promised land of Canaan, right? And all the spies came back and said how wonderful it was, but they didn't think they could live there because the people were just so big and strong looking, right? They look like giants. They'll never let us live there, right? But there were two spies, right? Caleb, right? Joshua. They had faith. They said, you know what? We just need to go in there, and we need to move in there because God said that we could live in that land, right? I believe him. You know, adults are kind of like that too. We think there are some things that we can't do. We can't, we can't say, I'm sorry. We can't apologize. I just don't know if I can do that. Oh, I can't stand up in front of a bunch of people and talk into a microphone. I just can't do that. Right? Oh, I can't change that bad habit. That's just too hard to stop. Right? There's a scripture, Philippians 4.13. It says, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. Right? So, listen to Pastor Kevin's message about the land of Canaan. Right? And uh, you can get a coloring sheet. See if you can find all the 12 spies as you're coloring, all right? See if you can figure out which two are Joshua and Caleb, okay? All right, bow with me, and then we will worship the Lord that gives us strength. Dear Lord, we, we thank you for the gift of faith that you give us. Help us to take hold of that faith and, and use it to do your will, that we have a faith in you, that you are with us, that you give us strength to do those things you want us to do with those that you love, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Let's continue to stand and worship God together. I come to the garden alone while the The voice I hear calling on my ear, the Son of God discloses, and He walks with me, and He talks with me, and He tells me I am His own, and the joy we share.
his voice is so sweet the birds hush their singing and the melody that he gave to me within my heart is ringing and he walks with me and he talks tells me I am his own, and the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. I'd stay in the garden with him. Joy we share.
please pray with me? Father, thank you for the many blessings we have in our life. Let us take the lesson we're about to receive today and put it to work in our daily lives. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Bibles with this morning, if you would. 
in your Old Testament, Numbers chapters 13 and 14. Numbers chapters 13 and 14. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. How many of you learned the books of the Bible in the Sunday school? You had to do that. There you go. Do you still, you know, when you look for a book, do you still have to go Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers? Yeah, me too. And I, in my Sunday school class, and I did this in fourth grade, the teacher had made what looked like little books out of wood. He made a whole shelf full with books of the Bible written on them, and we had to put those in order. And he would chastise us severely. He was not a nice man, but he was a good teacher. And he chastised us, and in one year we learned that just to get him off of our backs. So I don't know if that was the goal or not, but anyway, we learned it. But I appreciate him doing that because I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have done it any other way. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Numbers chapters 13 and 14. I was afraid of that teacher. So you can see today we're going to talk about conquering your enemy, the fears of this world. You can allow your fears to beat you down, and sometimes we do. Or you can overcome those fears And it doesn't mean you are no longer afraid, but it means you can function effectively in spite of those fears and sometimes through those fears. So today we're going to talk about how our fears can conquer us and and keep us down. As always, we begin with prayer. A lot of things to pray about. Our nation still struggles. We struggle with racism from all directions. Turns out that Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight, yes. But red and yellow, black and white, there is prejudice in every direction. We struggle as a people. All people of all colors struggle with racism. So we pray that God can help us to get past that. We pray for justice for all. We are thankful that sometimes the courts make the right decision. And we pray that they could continue to do so. I pray for wisdom for our people, for our courts. I don't know what to do about reporters and journalists. I don't know what to think about them, but I pray for them anyway. It's hard to get to the truth of anything because of the bias in the media. But, but I pray for wisdom that we and I, that you and I can discern the truth and make good decisions, good thoughts. I pray for self-restraint that I can control my tongue. And we could all benefit from that. Not just from me controlling my tongue, but from you controlling yours too. Let's pray together, shall we? Father, we thank you for your presence again. Help us. You have given us so much. This wonderful nation actions to form us and protect us in history, blessings untold. Thank you. We ask for mercy, Father. We have squandered so much. We have forgotten your teachings. We understand that in the first story of the Bible, you taught us we're all equal, and yet it is one of those things that we reject so easily. Forgive us. Help us to hear your words, your teachings, to practice justice, to think as Christian, 
We pray for self-restraint of our words and actions. We pray for those in power, that they would be given a sense of justice, that they would be given wisdom, that they would be given courage. We pray for our first responders, our policemen and soldiers and EMTs and medical workers. Give them guidance and direction. Help them to act in ways that reflect a concern for justice and peace. Help them to make good decisions. We pray for our people that we might learn how to act in difficult situations, that we would practice self-control. Our emotions are both a blessing and a curse, Father. Help us. Today we talk about our fears. There are so many things of which we are afraid. Help us to remember that you are the God who created us, who blessed us, who has acted in history, and wants to act today. Father, we follow you and only you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We can all think of a time when we've done something less than wise because of our fears. Some of us have turned down really good opportunities. Sometimes we've almost turned good opportunities down out of our fear. Tammy and I, as young preacher and wife, were in rural areas in northern Missouri for six or seven years, and it came to a point where I was ready to sell cars. Seriously. It was very difficult in those days. In the church I was at, it was full of dairy farmers, and this was in the early 80s. And some of you remember the early 80s, the farm crisis, and the farmers were slaughtering their dairy herds. My church was full of dairy farmers, and it was an incredibly discouraging time to be in farming areas. And they were angry and disappointed and frustrated, and they took that out on a very young pastor. And I was about ready to sell cars. Interestingly enough, God worked through connections and friendships and called me to a church in Missouri, Ozarks, Rolla. Great opportunity. We almost didn't go. Now, you know that we went. We were down there 20 years. Great years. Our family grew there. Our children grew and have lifetime friends. Husbands, too, for my daughter, so I'm happy about that. We almost didn't go because we were afraid. Now, why were we afraid? Well, because Mama. Mama didn't want their babies to drive off four hours away. Tammy's Mama in particular. And then Tammy didn't want to leave her Mama. She'd never been away from Mama. I could tolerate being away from my Mama. Dad, not so much. We almost turned it down. Finally, we sucked it up. Tammy cried for four hours all the way down there the first trip. When we came into town, she cried even harder. It was miserable. Seriously, Terry, you laugh. There's nothing funny about it. It was miserable. By the time we left, though, that last time we left, she cried as we left because that was home. We almost missed that just because of our fears. But we sucked it up, sought counsel, and did the right thing. We were still afraid. Tammy and I, 
but that time we made the right decision. Fears can do that to otherwise thinking people. It makes them foolish. It makes them afraid. It makes them do dumb things. And if you're not careful, it can make you resist the will of God. So today we're going to look at a group of people who did that very thing. Follow along with me, if you would, Numbers chapter 13. I'll begin reading my verses 30 through 33. Numbers 13, beginning at verse 30. Surely you shall not come into the land in which I swore to settle you, except Caleb the son of Jephunneh and Joshua the son of Nun. Your children, however, whom you said would become a prey, I will bring them in, and they shall know the land which you have rejected. But as for you, your corpses shall fall in the wilderness, and your sons shall be shepherds for forty years in the wilderness, and they shall suffer for your unfaithfulness until your corpses lie in the wilderness. Chapter 14, verses 5 through 10. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces in the presence of all the assembly of the congregation of Israel. And Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, of those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. And they spoke to all the congregation of the sons of Israel, saying, The land which we passed through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord is pleased with us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not fear the people of the land, for they shall be our prey. Their protection has been removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. But all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Then the glory of the Lord appeared in a tent of meeting to all the sons of Israel. So the first section was dealing with what happened. The second section was, willing, was dealing with the why. You know what happened. Today we're going to talk about the why. A little bit of history for those of you who may not remember. God rescued the Hebrew people, the slaves. He called them together out of Egypt. They were slaves. They had been that way all their lives for 500 years. There was no relief. And then Moses, the burning bush, the plagues, the death of the firstborn the plundering of the Egyptians, and God took the slaves, thousands of them, out of Egypt and gave them freedom, brought them to the river, Dead Sea, Red Sea, and they were going to die for sure. And then God parted the waters. You remember the story. You saw the movie, right? And it was just like in the movie. The scholars say that Cecil B. DeMille, when it looked like they parted like that, that's a more than likely exactly what happened. And they walked across dry land to safety. The Egyptian soldiers and their chariots chased them, got out in there in the middle of the sea in the parting, and then the waters closed over them and they died. And the people were free. It all happened and they remembered it for a few weeks. God brought them to the place where they're going to cross another river and go into the promised land. Now, the promised land they didn't know much about other than the fact that it was a land flown with milk and honey, symbolizing riches. 
And they knew that this promised land was going to be wonderful. They didn't know much about the God that had gotten them there. They knew that he was big and powerful and could do the miraculous. They knew that he had rescued them from Egypt and slavery. And they knew that Moses was the man that spoke for this God. And if they would just follow Moses, God would give them the land. So they sent spies, one from each tribe, 12. And they scoped out the land, and they saw the people, and they saw the fortified cities, and they saw the vineyards and the grapes, and it was, it was like nothing they'd ever seen before. And there were people. Joshua and Caleb saw this land that God was going to give them, and they were so excited to tell everybody. But the other ten, not so much. They saw the land. They agreed that it was a wonderful place. But the walls of the cities, oh my gosh. And then the people. The people were larger. You've got to remember a couple of things. First of all, it's ancient culture. The Hebrew people had been slaves for 500 years. By definition, slaves are fed poorly. So over centuries, they had probably gotten smaller. It's what people do. When people are fed well, they get bigger. Obviously, duh. When they're not fed well over centuries, they get smaller. Probably, at the time they were slaves, they were about five feet tall, 130 pounds soaking weight. A small people. Starvation does that. When they went into the land flowing with milk and honey, the spies saw people that had been fed well for centuries. They were bigger. And then there were large people. They even said maybe they were the Nephilim. You remember the story of the Nephilim where the sons of God made it with the women and brought forth a giant people. Interestingly enough, you may not know this, but the Jewish people weren't the only ones who had the story of a giant people. Many ancient cultures have stories of giants. Don't know what giants might have been. Six or seven feet, maybe. Maybe eight or nine feet. We know later there was a guy named David and Goliath. Goliath was a giant, eight or nine feet tall. We know he was a giant. I don't worry about where they came from or not much about them. The point is, they were formidable opponents, and the spies were terrified. So they came back and gave their report, and they said, this place is wonderful and beautiful, but the cities are heavily fortified, and the giants, and we felt like grasshoppers. They weren't soldiers, they weren't armed, they didn't have anything to fight with. They knew that they would die, and it was just that simple. So ten said, we've got to go back. Joshua and Caleb said, no, we've got to go. We've got to take this place. The people were afraid. There was a propaganda movement, and everybody said, no, we can't do it. God was so angry. The punishment was for disobeying God and not taking the land that those spies that said no and the people that voted no, the older generation, and that would be us guys, they would never see the promised land. If you were over 20, you never saw the promised land in the story. The young ones got to go, but the young ones had to suffer for 40 years in the wilderness. That was their punishment, being punished for the sins of the fathers, as it were. And then later, 40 years later, 
the younger generation took the promised land. By the way, they're still there today. So let's go back and talk about the fears of the people and what happened. Because it's important for us, not just as history and for history of the Jewish people and the Palestinian region. That's all very interesting. But fast forward several thousand years and there are things that we can learn about how we respond to our fears. So on screen is this idea that our response to fears can determine the course of our lives. How you respond to the fears you encounter will shape you, will move you, or keep you from moving, will allow you to succeed and grow and, and expand or not, depending on how you respond to them. These people understood that. Amazingly enough, this was just months, not years, months after the whole Exodus experience, and their fears blinded them to what they knew. They knew God could do anything. They knew God was more powerful than nature. They knew that no army could stand. And yet their fears wiped their memories. So on screen are some responses to our fear. It blows threats out of proportion. Chapter 13, if you would, look at that, verse 33 There also we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, are part of the Nephilim, and we became like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Now, everybody knows that when you see a grasshopper, you squash it. That's what you do. That's it. Everybody squashes grasshoppers. There's not much point in having grasshoppers. They're, they're problematic. They're problems. You want to get rid of them, so you smash them. In their fear... The spies saw themselves and the people of Israel as those grasshoppers that would be smashed. It doesn't matter how big the Nephilim were. It doesn't matter about how many there were. It doesn't matter about how big the fortifications were. The bottom line was, in their fears, they could no longer understand or remember the fact that there was a God who could give them victory. Their fears kept them from seeing what was there. They blew the threats out of proportion. Just like before Tammy and I moved to Rolla, we were afraid. You know what we saw? In our mind, we saw a terrible life away from Mama and Daddy. Tammy took it a lot more seriously in that respect than I did, but, but it was a very real thing. And we saw isolation from everybody we loved. We saw a town that we knew nothing about. We saw a church that we knew nothing about. We saw strange faces. You've been to different churches, haven't you? You've visited. You've moved. You've gone to churches that you've never been to. And all those strangers, and you were afraid. We would have missed a tremendous part of our lives had we allowed our fears to get bigger than they were to make that thing terrible. The people in our story lost everything because their fears blew everything out of proportion. Don't ever allow your fears to make your situation overwhelming. It's easy to do. A diagnosis from the doctor, an accident, a world event, doesn't really matter what it is. 
Anything that's out there that scares you can become more powerful than it really is because you allow it to become more powerful. In fact, is you make it more powerful by submitting to it. Have you ever noticed that when you're really afraid, you can't think of what to say? Or some of us can't stop talking when we're afraid. You know, it's just funny how we respond. What we have to learn to do is not allow our fears to determine what happens. Don't let your fears get bigger than they are. Don't let your enemy be more powerful than he or she is. Sometimes it's an opponent, a person. Sometimes it's a new job or an opportunity, an illness, something like that. Now, the thing about these fears, I'm not saying that your fears aren't justified. To be sure, the Nephilim, the people in the land of Canaan, had heavily fortified cities. They had soldiers and armies and they really were an unbeatable opponent. And had they been just in their own power, they couldn't have. You see, that was what happened. The spies only saw their power, and the ten forgot God's power. And because of that, the fears became overwhelming. Another thing that our fears can do keeps us from our potential. Chapter 14, verses 3 and 4, if you would. And why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become plunder. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us appoint a leader and return to Egypt. What a foolish thing. Just months they had been slaves, tortured literally under a cruel Pharaoh. And they were ready to go back because they were afraid. They missed it. Could have had the promised land, but they missed it. Don't miss whatever it is that God has before you simply because you are afraid. Grit your teeth. Pray for strength. And if you're sure this is what God wants you to do, start walking in the right direction. Do what God has called you to do. Amazingly enough, the next one that we see, it can lead us to sinful disobedience. Chapter 14, verse 11. Look at how God saw this. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will this people spurn me? And how long will they not believe in me, despite all the signs which I have performed in their midst? I will smite them with pestilence, dispossess them. God thought it was sin. Because he said, trust me. And they said, no. We have to remember that sin doesn't mean we're bad people. Sin means we are a faithless people. Sin comes when we think that our ways are better than God's ways. When we don't think that God knows what He's doing when our way is better. If you believe that God is leading you somewhere... And you have that sense that this is what God wants you to do. To not do it is a rejection of his leadership. Sometimes your fears help you. And sometimes it is best to let your fears dissuade you. But you have to make that decision. But if there's that element of faith where this is what God wants you to do, whatever it is, if this is what God wants you to do, step out. 
The punishment that came was because, not because they were ignorant people or because they were afraid. The punishment came because in their fears, they resisted God's leadership. Sin brings God's punishment always. God still loved them, still wanted to bless them. In fact, as he did bless them, their children were taken care of. Your kids will have the promised land, is what he said. One other thing. One response to fear that is healthy. It drives us to God in a desperate faith. Chapter 14, look at verse 9. Joshua and Caleb. Oh, do not rebel against the Lord, and do not fear the people of the land, for they shall be our prey. Their protection has been removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Joshua and Caleb were not soldiers. Remember, just months before, they were slaves like everybody else. They didn't have any weapons, no training. All they had was this desperate faith, this is what God wants us to do. And they were ready to go. Now, significantly, out of all the spies, only Joshua and Caleb entered the promised land 40 years later. Of all those people in that nation, tens of thousands of people that had gone through the exodus, of those that were over 20 years old, only Joshua and Caleb were allowed to go into the promised land. They were blessed by God, not because they were smarter or better, but because they simply submitted their fear to God's leadership and they trusted Him. The thing about our enemies, you can overcome your enemies and still suffer and lose some things. Even in the best of battles, there are losses. And I know that, and I understand people's fears too. Inevitably, when you follow God into battle, there will be some losses on your part. You will lose sleep, you will be hurt, you will be wounded. Some people will turn against you. And yet, the blessings of following God are always greater than the losses you will experience. I wish I could say you follow Jesus and everything's going to be wonderful and you're going to live happily ever after. And that's just a lie. When you follow Jesus, there will be hard times. There will be difficult circumstances and experiences. And sometimes you will be terrified and want to turn back. But if you turn towards God... You win and never look back. Faith in God never denies the reality of the situation. Look in verse 9, chapter 14, verse 9. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear. That phrase, do not fear, is found 65 times in the Scriptures. 65 times God tells us, do not be afraid. Now, why would he repeat himself 65 times? Well, because you didn't hear it the first 64 times. Yesterday, I was at my daughter's house, and before we took a walk, you know what this old man did? I walked around turning all the lights off because my daughter didn't hear the first 10,000 times I told her, turn the lights off before you leave. Sometimes we need to be told again and again and again, do not be afraid. God speaks to us today. Don't be afraid. Trust me. My ways are better. I will be with you. The Scriptures teach us this. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, and this is on screen, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Paul wrote that 
over a thousand years later. Guess why? Because God's people were afraid. And they needed to hear, do not be afraid. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love based on Scripture, of a sound mind. And that is the, the ability to be stable and not allow your fears to dominate you. When you follow Jesus, that's the person you can become. On screen is a passage of Scripture. We'll read, finish with this. Read this with me if you would. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. Look in triumph on my enemies. You are my God and I will praise you. You are my God and I will exalt you. Joshua and Caleb and the young ones experienced the blessings of God. Those that rejected God's leadership, they merely wasted their lives went from slavery in Egypt to wanderers in the desert, always yearning for something better and never receiving because they just couldn't get past their fears and trust God. Let me challenge you. Trust the God who challenges you. When He leads you to a place and you have to make a decision, don't let your fears dominate you. Get good counsel, yes. Make sure that you are discerning God's will clearly, yes. And then step out and say, God, take care of me. And he will. Nate's going to come and lead us in a closing hymn of invitation. Would you stand with me as Nate leads us? Remember that tonight at 5.30 we have deacons meeting and at 6.30 business meeting. You're all welcome to attend, of course. Rich is going to come and lead us in a closing prayer. Rich. Father, only through you can we conquer sin and fear. You give us strength and hope. Please be with us this week until we can come back together. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.